That's a good thing. And I'm certainly thankful for the opportunity to be here to share. And as you can tell, it's the day before Valentine's Day, and I lost, didn't get the memo on wearing red, I guess. But it's that day before Valentine's, and I'm sure many of you are probably sitting here going, really? And yeah, you're in trouble. It's the day before, and you know, florists are hoping that uh, they get the right number of flowers, not too many. Others might be thinking of school parties. I know my school started the parties on Friday afternoon, hoping to get them out of the way so Monday could really be a teaching day. That's not going to work. And the fifth graders found out that they're too old for a Valentine's Day party, and they weren't happy at all. And their teachers were. Restaurants are hoping for full tables. They've been working on it all weekend, with the Monday being Valentine's Day. Grocery stores have specials. I noticed this morning lobster tails and steaks seems to be the big thing if you're staying home this weekend. And for those, chocolate is everywhere, and isn't that a good thing? (laughs) And then for others, it might be a tough holiday, tough day to celebrate. But love will be celebrated in many different ways. We're going to remember love that's been shared. We'll remember and reflect on where love is, and we're going to look forward and dream of what is to come, hopefully happily. But today we get to celebrate the greatest demonstration of the love that the whole world has ever seen, and that's Jesus as God's own Son, leaving heaven and coming to earth, to the creation that he made. Can you imagine being the creator? We really can't imagine that, can we? making everything, putting it into motion, and then coming down and saying, well, I guess I'll go spend 33 years there and then go to a cross and die for your sins there. And I'm going to leave my, my family, my, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we're going to break up the trio a little bit, and I'm not going to be with them for the first time in eternity. And I'm going to leave all that behind, and I'm going to leave the idea that I'm a creator and I can kind of do whatever I need to do within the confines of being God and I'm going to become a man and I'm going to be born and I'm going to live in a little stable for a while and move off to a dirty, dusty family home. I'm going to learn what it's like to be a carpenter and bruise my hands for a change and I'm going to leave all that because I love the Father. And he's asked me to come because there was a problem in the world. And that problem was sin. And to me, that's, that's amazing. And then God said, I'm going to give you a reminder to give to those people. You know, God was always good at giving his people reminders. To me as a kid, as I remembered the the nation of Israel going through with the waters piled up on every side and they're going through in dry land and Egypt and the Pharaoh are going to get it. You know, as a kid, that, that was like a great story. And it, you know, really happened. And then grab the rocks out of the bottom and bring them up and pile them up and we're going to keep those as remembrances. God gave, us, gave them reminders and pillars that were up, put up through their desert wanderings to remember different things that happened along the way, or an ark that they carried, or a tabernacle and a tent that they put up. God always gave his people reminders. And why? Because he made us and he knows we have really short memories. Don't we? 
I mean, we forget things all the time. And we forget God's goodness, and we forget what happened in the past. And he put those things up. But now, God was going to give us a reminder that, that needed to go globally. You know, and I wonder if the disciples realized that that night they were in the upper room having the Passover meal. Again, a meal full of symbolism and involvement of their history. And yet Jesus took those elements of that supper and changed them. And it became a global reminder of what was going to happen in just a few days. And that reminder of the bread and the wine and the cup, that reminder isn't a pillar that just stays someplace where people have to take a pilgrimage to go see it. But it's there. And it can go to Rwanda. It can go to Egypt that we've seen on the news. It can go to Austria. It can go to France. It can go to Antarctica. And I'm told it even went to the moon. And I think that's pretty amazing. The God didn't give us a reminder that was going to be in one place, but a reminder that we see every day in every culture in some form or another. And to me, sometimes when I think about that, I just get amazed at that. That he knew that this message was going to go worldwide and needed that reminder for all his people. What a great God. Ask you to turn with me in your Bibles uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 as we spend some time looking at the scripture that Paul used to the church of Corinth. If you're looking at the Pew Bible, it's on page 976, if I looked it up right. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul's writing to the church at Corinth that was in a place that was not an easy place to live and to be a believer. There was lots of stuff going on there that wasn't good. I'm going to begin reading in verse 23 of chapter 11. And it says this, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks and he broke it and he said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You know, bread and wine, the simple elements of the Passover meal. There are many cups that are passed during that Passover meal, and Jesus took one of them, probably the cup of redemption. And then he said, this is going to be done for you. As we come to the table today, it's a time to remember, as the choir sang. It's a time to remember that all that Jesus did on that cross for each one of us. That he came and he accomplished it all. He did everything the Father asked him to do. And we who are called his children are able to call God Father because of it. Simple elements of bread and wine remind us of that. Remind us that his body went to the cross and his body died. That it was pierced. That his blood was poured out for the payment of our sin. You know, a few, few weeks ago, Neil said something that's kind of stuck with me. He said, there's a gap between who we are and who God has made us to be. And you see, that gap is for everybody. And that gap is sin. And it keeps us away from God. And Jesus has come in 
that we can have forgiveness for that gap that keeps us away from God. You know, as we become believers, as we accept that Jesus has died for our sins and we've made that transaction with God and we've accepted that by faith, then our, our life, if we really look at it, is, it's still kind of like the stock market. We have days where mm, we're, we're looking pretty good. And then there are days when we're looking pretty bad. But over time, they tell us that the stock market is supposed to do okay. And it's supposed to be on that long trajectory and holding and helping us. So when we retire, we're going to make it. We'll see. But that's what our life should be. And over time, we should see that when we look at the long view, that we're becoming more Christ-like. But daily, we have the ups and downs. And Jesus is still there for those. You know, when I look around and, uh, you know, some of the places I work, uh, it, it's not the church water cooler. It's, uh, it's the real world. And it's really hard. It is really hard. Solomon said, there is nothing new under the sun in Ecclesiastes. The richest and the wisest man in the world, they still say he was the richest. So Donald Trump, I guess that's what you got to do, you know. But, you know, he said there's nothing new. There's nothing new today. I mean, the mode may be different in how we do it, but it was still all there. It was still there for the Corinthians. And sin is still simply falling short of God's demands. And he demands perfection. And none of us make it. You know, when God made creation, he said everything was good. Everything was good. There was a little problem with Adam. He said God needed, he needed a helpmate. I'm not sure what he was doing in the garden, leaving his socks around or something. I don't know. Well, he didn't have socks on, so it couldn't be that. But can you imagine how, if they did this clothes thing, how many socks on the floor, how many commotions would that stop, huh? But he made a helpmate for him. But creation was good. But then sin came in. Adam and Eve sinned. They ran and hid from God, grabbed some leaves and tried to clothe themselves. And then God went and looked for them. And he found some animals and he killed them to cover them and to cover their sin. And that's what sin did. And then Paul said in Romans 8.22, all creation groans. Everything changed that day. And we have no idea how much creation has changed. Do you realize Adam and Eve had no weeds? No weeds. I know it's hard to believe. You look outside, there's just white out there. But really, we're going to grow stuff this spring. And there will be weeds that will get in the way. Can you imagine making something that, and there was, there's no rust? There's no decay? I mean, as I look around, we're decaying, folks. I mean, you're all looking pretty good, but we're all decaying. And that's what sin has done. And it's changed everything. And yet God went down and lovingly said, I'm going to cover your sin. And Jesus now has come. That one time salvation has come into this world. The sacrifice was given for our sin. Because Jesus, as the hymn says, paid it all. Every sin from the beginning to the end of the world. My sin and your sin has all been paid. And I can remember the day that I was baptized. And baptism is a great one-time act where we have said publicly and declared that, that we have moved from darkness to light. And I love how, how it's done at Hope where the candles moved over to remind us of that one time when we have asked God to come into our heart and forgive us. And that God has come in and he has forgiven us. And that transaction has been made complete and we're his child and nothing will ever pull us away from that. 
And baptism is that outward sign of that. And it's a great reminder. But it's one time because salvation comes to us one time. And I can remember that cold October day in a New Hampshire lake when I was baptized. It was way too cold. How come you always remember the cold ones? I can remember the Danube River and being a really cold day. (laughs) I can remember baptizing people on the beach in Nice, France. I can remember people at baptistries, cold ones, warm ones. It's a great time. And it's a great reminder. In some place I have a certificate. I really do. And maybe you do too. I hope so. A time to remember that. But you know, I still think God knew that we were going to need something more than that. Something more than just a faded memory. Something more that just happened every once in a while. So he gave us this supper to remember all that was done for us. A daily reminder God wanted to give to us. And then not only is it a time to remember, but it's also a time to reflect. That means to think a little bit more deeply. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, again on page 976, says this. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy way will be guilty of sin against the body, the blood of the Lord. So a man should examine himself. And in this way, he should eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. This is why many are sick and ill among you. Many have fallen asleep. If we were properly evaluating ourselves, we would not be judged But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we may not be condemned with the world. God's Spirit says to examine ourselves, to see if there is unconfessed sin in our lives. And if there is, that we make it right with God, that we wouldn't come to the table to remember and to reflect and not ask Jesus to forgive us for those sins. And if we've offended others that are around us, we need to go to those people before we participate in the supper and ask them for that forgiveness. Examine our relationship with God. Do we have one? Are you here and you know that you're part of God's family? Just last night, I uh, turned on my email. You know, one of those nights when you say, I really got to finish this message, and you just turn on the email to go see what's gone on. And got an email from uh, a good friend of mine from England who's traveling, and a missionary, and uh, one of our missionary friends that we served with in, in Vienna. In fact, his son was in my uh, high school class that I was uh, uh, an advisor for. Took a great trip to Malta with him, his senior trip and all. His father passed away. His father uh, died on a skiing accident. I mean, just wild and suddenly. His mom had passed away from cancer years ago when we were there in Vienna. And then to find out his dad was out with a new son, he has a new wife, and to see that happen. And you just, wow. And yet... You know, I know where Warren is today because of his faith in Jesus. Now, you know, it's one of those things that happens and you just go, God, how come? I don't know. And I won't know the answer until you get to heaven. But it makes the reality of what we're doing here real. Not only do we need to reflect, but we need to look forward. We need to look forward with joy to the privilege that it is to call God our Father. Just turn over with me a few pages to 984, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17.
Paul again writes, he says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and look, new things have come. God has made us a new creation. Our old ways of doing things have gone away. Our past is no more. God sees us through the blood of Christ, and we're his children. No, we're not perfect yet, but God sees us that way. The gap is gone as far as he's concerned. Yes, we're still growing and changing, but our position is new. And he has promised to finish the work in us and that someday we'll be perfect. And to be in a place where there's no more tears, no more pain, no more death, and no more separation. You know, I think of Peter who walked with Jesus. And, you know, we always look at him and sometimes we laugh. And, you know, I'd be with Peter most of the time. There when Jesus is going to trial and being taken away. Peter's told he's going to deny Jesus. Minutes, hours before, Peter said, you're going to deny me by Jesus himself. And Peter goes, I give credit to Peter. At least he went. And there he is. And he denies. He denies Jesus three times. Left. And then after the resurrection, Jesus meets and he's told them they went off fishing and he tells them where to go catch fish and that morning he makes a fish breakfast for them after they caught all this fish and Peter finally figures out who it is and he goes running to shore and he runs to Jesus and Jesus then kind of restores him and says keep feeding keep doing what I told you to do it's like yeah Peter you blew it but have some fish here we go it's a new day and we forget that we forget that Philippians says these words in chapter 1, verse 3 to 6. I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy for all you do in all, for all of you in my every prayer, because of your partnership in the gospel from this first day until now. And I am sure that this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on into completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God will complete his work. It, didn't, it wasn't based on the Philippians' work because they were having trouble just like you and I. But it's based on who God is and that God will complete his work in us. Somehow, somewhere, sometimes kicking and screaming, but God's going to get us through it. And Paul is thanking him, thanking the Philippians for their partnership, commends them, and he's confident that God's going to finish the work. And exciting to remember that at the table today that God's going to finish the work, that I'm not perfect. And yet God's going to finish that work in us. Yes, it's time to remember, it's time to reflect, but it's also a time to look forward in confidence what God's going to do in us and through us. Well, I want to leave you with some nagging questions in myself too. Number one is you can't be reminded of something you haven't experienced. Do you know God's forgiveness? Have you remembered that time when you put your faith and trust in who Jesus is? If not, I'd love to talk to you, somebody who brought you, one of the elders. Make sure that you know about that. Have you ever been to a family gathering and somebody starts to talk and says, yeah, you remember the time was with it? And you look at and you go, I wasn't there. I, you know, I was, I was on the other side of the world at that point. Or You kind of know it. Somebody's got the story wrong. Sometimes that happens with us. We can't be reminded of something that we haven't, grabbed hold of ourselves. And the second, if you reflect on your life, what's God showing you that needs to change? 
What's he saying that needs to be different? What are some things you need to give to God? Maybe there's some habits. Those things, as they used to say, sins of commission. Those things we do. And then there's those things that we don't do. Those sins of omission. Things that we ought to be doing. And then lastly, are you looking forward? Do you see a new beginning? Is there something from your past holding you back? For God said, Jesus has paid for our sin where it's forgiven and forgotten. As far as the east is from the west. And Paul says, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into sin and to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by who you can cry out, Abba, Papa, Daddy, Father. The Old Testament writer says in Lamentations, because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. For his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I'd ask you to just take some quiet time right now and just close your eyes. Kind of put aside all the things that might be going through your mind at this point. And just ask God those questions. Thank him if there's a time in your life when you can remember when you accepted who he is and what Jesus has done for you. If not, may this be the time that you accept that Jesus died for your sin, that there's nothing you can do. Reflect on your life. Are there some things that you should be doing differently? Some things that you need to stay away from? And then lastly, are there some things that are holding you back? Father, thank you that we are a new creation, that your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness.